Hi, this is Gordy. Hello, this is. No, you go by Blades. <laughs> you go by Blades. In this I'm sorry, one. my name is Blades. I'm Blades. Let's start that over. <laughs> Forgot my name. It's been a long time. Yeah, so Blades. You're Blades. I'm Gordy. This is our library. <laughs> a lovely place. I've been drinking some evening water. Does it taste better than regular water? Uh yeah, it's got alcohol in it. Uh oh, that'll do it. Um, I learned that word from a podcast I listened to, Evening Water, and that's the, like the classiest way I've ever heard to uh, describe getting drunk. And it's it's all evening I say water. nowadays. I'm having I'm having a little glass of evening water. I'm gonna remember that. That is a good one. And uh, because of that, I can never let my parents hear this because they don't know why I'm a bad boy. <laughs> But uh, somehow my father did end up hearing about this podcast, probably through my sister. But I might take this as an opportunity to uh, explain to him how I really need a new microphone. Oh, <laughs> game in the system. So, uh, if, you're, if you're hearing, if you're hearing this, Dad, and I sound bad, um, <laughs> maybe we could. Uh, work something out yeah and blades is dead if you think i also sound bad feel free to get my address <laughs> from your child <laughs> and send something my way it's cool two it's microphones cool. are better than one microphone <laughs> yes yeah, quarantine measures we can't get together and like record this in a library somewhere but that's also uh, assuming that he's going to listen to it which you know we're still waiting to hear on that one. Oh, but if he doesn't you could guilt so much crap out of him over the holidays. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, well, yeah. If I end up going back to the... If there's even a... The holidays. If, if there's there even a place holidays. to go back to. <laughs> so, Blades, what did we both read? We both read the autobiography of Mark Twain. Okay. So, Gordy, who is Mark Twain? Uh... Mark Twain was an American author born in like the 18-somethings and died. Mm -hmm. But he uh, actually, this is the autobiography of Samuel Clemens, uh, a character he made uh, who's supposed to be, I don't know if he's like like a half stand-in or whatever. When you Mm -hmm. read, I read the chapters from my autobiography. Is that also (laughs) what you read? I I looked online and there was like different things. And now I don't know yeah, if I I've do. Yeah, I've got chapters from my autobiography. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> There's like an official autobiography that like took a few hundred years to be collated. Which oh, is really? what he well, asked for? Well, not a few hundred. <laughs> that's not how time works. But like... That's right. He he wanted uh, this to be published 100 years after uh, his death. So that, what, people would forget about him by then? And then be like, damn, who's this Samuel Clemens guy? Why can't I find him in the history books? <laughs> Mark Twain. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but uh, unfortunately, that wasn't um, that wasn't what happened, and it was published. I think about fourteen years following his death. So there's a little confusion uh, about identities. Well, I mean, this is fiction. You could just say it's like 
he died in the 1700s. We put it out in the 1900s, you know? But he was born in the 1800s. He's a time traveler type of thing. Oh, yeah, a little uh, historical revision. You know, Mark Twain was like the first isekai writer. <laughs> what makes you say that? Uh, the book, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> like, he for real goes back in time. And he's, like, inventing the semaphore. And he's, like... Right. It's... <laughs> it's good. I've always thought about that, going back in time and what you would do. But my first assumption is that I would probably just catch some weird disease and die. Oh. No, I hear it's the opposite. Like, over the... Oh, I would give everyone else a yes, disease. Yes, because we have all the antibodies that they don't have. So, yeah, but I just uh, watched a YouTube video about how they uh, poisoned all the milk in the Victorian times. So, yeah, I don't think you get antibodies. That's on my mind. <laughs> I don't think antibodies come from milk. There's a lot of pudding. I think it was borax. A lot of borax in the milk. And then everyone got tuberculosis. Are those related? Speaking of tuberculosis, oh. uh, <laughs> people died a lot in the past. Yeah, they I did. I don't like this. It's surprised any of us. It's surprising any of us are here. The fact that people have lived this long is shocks me. Did we talk? All, all it takes is uh, legs being exposed to some icy air or falling into the Yo. river once, and then you just die. Did we talk about how uh, the human body temperature is getting colder over time? What really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What? Okay, so like, I th what? I think it's like point. One or point zero one degrees every ten years, the human body. Oh my god! Like the like the ocean heating up. No, like but in reverse for our bodies, because uh, the theory is that we're getting less sick over time, mm -hmm. so our bodies don't have to have as high a fever to keep whatever we got in us, like, you know, like oppressed. Uh -huh, so like uh -huh. if if we're not constantly like low grade sick, we can have a lower body temperature. Okay. So I think from like the 1800s to now, our temperature has gone down like two or three degrees. Wow, that's like a lot. It's kind of a lot, yeah. <laughs> Which explains so why people our... die from fevers all the time because they were already <laughs> they were already at like a hundred degrees. <laughs> they were already. I see. So would you say like a, like a more evolved human being is uh, colder? Yeah, we're all going to be Mister Freezes in about 300 years. You look confused. Mr. Freeze is the Batman villain. I I know I know who I know who that is. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just trying to cons uh, to balance the uh, freezing of the human species with the uh, you know the raising temperature of the Earth. I think it makes it more inhospitable for you, since there's a bigger discrepancy between like the temperature of the Earth and like your own uh -huh. body. You know. Like, uh -huh. if we were all walking around 101 degrees just on the reg, and it was, like, uh -huh. 110 outside, you'd be like, oh, bonza, mate. It's fine. And, like, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh-huh. But now it's going to uh -huh. be, uh, like, a bigger, bigger difference, and that's not as cool. Well, it's it's, it's right, cooler. Right, we're going to be more but... uncomfortable is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. Yeah. I was thinking about this. But... If all our bodies mm -hmm. are a lower temperature, that might make conception easier. <laughs> you know because the sperm dies at body temperature so if it gets lower <laughs> right. 
I was just thinking about it. Look, I'm very smart. Uh, I'm writing a I'm writing a uh, scientific I, paper on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just try to like process that one. No, we're good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. More more people. Uh, hotter world, colder colder bodies, more babies. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. To balance out all the babies that died in the early and uh, mid 1800s. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that died. He uh, lost a yeah. few family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think it's fine to skip ahead, but uh, he lost his uh, two kids, two or three kids. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, definitely he lost a son, and very memorably, the his his one daughter. Yeah, his uh, he had two daughters. He had uh, Susie and Jean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of his his sons, he uh, took basically the uh, the responsibility for killing, because uh, he yeah, was... I actually just read that like an hour ago. Oh yeah, uh, for a book that I actually enjoyed, I had the uh-huh. hardest time sitting down and reading it the whole way through. <laughs> I mean, I same same here. I really enjoyed reading this. Yeah, I really like his writing style. Well, and especially compared to the book we read last time ugh. and how halfway through I was just like, it was just an insufferable character. Ugh. But Benjamin this Franklin. writer, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like night and day where Benjamin Franklin put himself on a pedestal Mm -hmm. for his hard work and Mm -hmm. his morality. But the entirety that I've written or that I've read, sorry, of this autobiography has been him tearing his pedestal down. Yeah. 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 So Mark Twain specifically says that for the Samuel Clemens by autobiography, He's gonna do like a. Uh, these aren't the best parts of me. These are just things that happened. Mm-hmm. So he's always talking about uh, the dumb shit he tried to do, and failed, or the times he got like tricked into stuff, or how yeah. he couldn't stop paying for his brother Orion's entire life. Like, <laughs> so it's it's my my favorite was when. Um... He was called out for being uh, a little obtuse in various situations and goes on to explain like six different situations where people tried very hard to slowly and patiently explain things to him. And it just like did not work. I, 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 just to let you, just to let you into my own private life, I actually felt a lot of like connection to the uh, (laughs) Samuel Clemens character. Because uh-huh. uh, the Samuel Clemens character is at once, like, beloved of a guile hero. Mm-hmm. And, like, also just a dumb, dumb idiot who you, who you could mm-hmm. just lead by the nose. And, like, <laughs> uh-huh. he can he can do some things really well. But then, uh-huh. like, I think his friend was, like, trying to... Like, he was, like, in... I think it was, like, described as he was in a cul-de-sac with his friend and like right, and right. like he kept like going around he's like no you have to go to the right on the cul-de-sac or you won't give drop me off at my house but like <laughs> he went the other way and he's <laughs> like what like, did you trying do? to explain the concept of a circle yeah 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 <laughs> like no no matter how many times we go around this circle we're still going to end up at your house yeah yeah and he just like would not believe it 
left the left his friend in a huff, returned home. No, he like went they went around it like five or six times. Yeah. He said, like over yeah. and over. <laughs> and he he goes home still pissed, not believing the, his friend at all. <laughs> the thing goes that he witnessed, he what happened. Be. Goes to explain what happened to his wife, who he expected to be on his side. Um, but was met with like two hours of laughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, which I appreciated. By the way, I loved how in love with his wife he was, Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. in love with his daughter he was. Mm -hmm. Like it was so refreshing after Benjamin Franklin's like. By the way, I had three sons. One of them uh, was okay. My wife was around. It was a huge improvement i loved it i love uh seeing respect (laughs) yes he even had a nickname for her and that like Uh like her name was olivia and he called her livy i believe Mm -hmm. and uh, like that's that feels so much more natural as a character Mm -hmm. than the ben franklin thing Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah i can actually believe that she existed and like made an impact on him and she was only 10 years younger than him, which I feel uh, was probably okay <laughs> back then. But I mean, they seem to have gotten along fine, so yeah. I'll, I'll let it slide. Oh, man, that thing where he got mad because his shirts wouldn't bu- button right. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I, I read that entire scene out loud, um, and it was just a really it's, great scene. It's so good. Like, uh Like... That feels so real. So I, so I, I imagine Mark Twain had something like that mm-hmm. happen to him, or like a friend told him about it, and then he gave it to mm-hmm. the Samuel Clemens character. But that uh-huh. is so like real. <laughs> and she's just like in bed. <laughs> okay, we have to just we have like... to describe it. We have to describe it. Go ahead, please. You, you, you tell it. Okay, tell okay. It. So, um, it, it begins with, uh, his daughter kind of calling him out a little bit for having a foul mouth oh yeah and in response he's a little shocked like how i've tried so hard over my whole life to never swear ever and never to you know raise my voice if in any situation no not ever his wife not ever just in front of his wife like he didn't want his wife to know like he was he's a rapscallion elsewise (laughs) And in order to protect himself from his wife, assumedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, she's a bit he... more straight-laced than he was, it sounded like. Except for, he said, when he goes to, uh, you know, get ready in the morning, he's in the bathroom. And he said, yeah, uh, getting through shaving is usually a pretty harrowing experience for him. Yo, back um, then, all you had was straight which is, razors. All you had was a razor and like, and, like, not so great soap, I imagine. Oh, yeah, 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 bad, 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 bad. And so, so I can completely it. understand the uh, speed to lose your temper in that case. But he said this this particular time, um, he he almost always kept the the door solidly closed mm-hmm. uh, to protect uh, mm-hmm. his wife, her delicate ears. Uh, but this time he he uh, failed to do so, and. Uh, went through just a harrowing experience of managing to get through shaving all right. But then when it came to putting a shirt on, 
found that the there was no button. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he puts them on backwards, like the buttons are in the he, back. Yeah, he the buttons are in the back, That's and so he's crazy, trying to right? put the. <laughs> I'm like, well, you set yourself up for a little bit of failure there, yeah, yeah, but yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah, you do you. Uh, found that in the back, uh, there was no button. And so uh, became upset, ripped the shirt off, threw it out the window. Uh, went to go for the second shirt. Uh, similar situation, no button. Uh, ripped it off, also threw that out the window. And then he said in his rage, uh, failed to check the third, the third uh, shirt, which uh, unfortunately also didn't have a button. Which also joined the other shirts uh, on on the street outside. Also, to be his neighbor, um, like getting the newspaper and just seeing three shirts <laughs> fly out onto the front. Three. <laughs> just like what's three going on? Shirts. But let me. I just want to explain this reaction that he found. Hold on, I have it here. Sure. Saved it. I mean, like, uh, I understand it, though. Back then, you had s- some people would pay other people to shave them every morning just to get, right. like, so you wouldn't have to. It's just like changing your tire. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to get covered in mm-hmm. oil. I don't need this in my life. So I 100% I understand, understand where he's coming from. And so on top of that, then encountering three separate shirts all missing buttons like how does that happen like my wardrobe sucks but like all my buttons are there he said he uh let himself go like a cavalry charge uh upon finding the third shirt Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then in the midst of that great assault his eyes fell upon the gaping door and he was paralyzed following a scene where he exits the bathroom trying very very hard to pretend like nothing has happened manages to get halfway across his bedroom like looking anywhere but his wife looking anywhere except for his wife who's just laying in bed watching him walk across (laughs) the room like a weird duck and he just falls apart but not before she she repeats the like last phrase that he said mm-hmm. which sounded just so what did he say just you look at the line inhumane yeah wait what was it in my lifetime i had never heard anything so out of tune so inharmonious so incongruous so ill-suited to each other as were those mighty words set to that feeble music oh, man. and she's like well now you know how stupid you sound but he described her, I wrote this down, because I actually, the very first note I wrote down was, lovely, in chapter six, the loveliest description of his wife. He said she was sick, but youthful and strong of spirit. And like, the description for him and uh, Susie, is it Susie or Susie? I've been saying how, Susie, how you... like a kind of American Susie. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but he describes a... Uh, just his wife and Susie, spe- Susie specifically. It was Susie in my head, and that's why I keep saying it like that. Uh, it's just it was so refreshing to meet him after meeting uh, the Benjamin Franklin character and how they treated their family different. And I wish they'd gotten more of his mm-hmm. wife because it did focus on uh, Susie a lot more and her biography of her dad, which is the cutest thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to talk about how 
great of a literary device this was. And how, okay, so at some point, okay, so let's let's take a step back for people who have not read this. So Mark <laughs> Twain, or sorry, not Mark Twain. Um, well, Mark Twain Samuel wrote Clemens. it. So there's this daughter, Susie. Mm-hmm. I'll say Susie to match you. I've, I've, um, been, I've been flipping back and forth. Say what feels right. <laughs> say what's in your heart. Susie is hard to say, so I'll stick with Susie. Sure. All right, so Susie seems to be the perfect angel of a daughter extremely intelligent very oh. kind like really keen uh and manages basically also manages like her daughter to keep up like like her mother rather manages to keep up with her father and at, at some point in her like early teens i think like around like maybe 12 13 14 it seems like she's writing this uh, biography of her father. I think it was like 12 or 13. Where um, she knows that he knows that she's writing it. And you'll often hear um, like <laughs> things that he said that she, uh, he intends to be put into his biography written by her. Certain quotes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he manages to use it uh at like this this biography from the perspective of his daughter as a kind of on one hand allows it to show his good points mm-hmm. um, which she did not always a, focus on by the way <laughs> which he's which he's not focusing on but also to kind of innocently and like directly show his weak his weaknesses like for example, the uh, his quick to t- his temper mm-hmm. and his uh, foul language. Um, I really liked that because it ended up being really sincere, and oh, so sincere. it gave him something to work with when he's uh, thinking back upon his life. Like, oh, I remember this scene that reminds me of this. Uh, or hold on, she says this, but what really happened was this. <laughs> Right. That's a kind of like you situation. said, it's a great literary device to kind of give two uh two different parts to this fiction. Mm-hmm. And like it's even if it even if you take the idea that it's real, it's just mm-hmm. like the sweet he's like constantly in awe of her like character assassination of him. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's so like father did this. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened because of it. And this is how mm-hmm. we all felt about it. And he's like, I don't remember mm-hmm. it like that, but okay. <laughs> and, and I remember one where uh, one particular scene where uh, he brings her along on a kind of not a business trip, but kind of work situation. He's where... uh, doing a lecture, right? He's doing a lecture at a university or reading some of his stories at a university. And the way that Susie describes it as like, oh, well, we went there and there was a little bit of trouble like getting in. But, you know, we were able to go in and we met all these really great people. And like he told us stories and everyone was really impressed and it was really great. And then the comment afterwards was, uh, what was it? It was like, this was uh, the worst. They was treated like, me so poorly. Yeah. We were soaking wet and in a cold room for hours. The I tried to speak to the dean, and the dean didn't want anything to do with me. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> something about like oh like she she can brush away indignities and uh you know and he was like wow this is really amazing it, it, he said like oh it's one of the jewels of her what was it oh the jewels of her character that comes to her straight from her mother but it's a feature that was left out of me at birth <laughs> and then goes on to again explain that you know oh they treated us really terribly and you know, it was a really bad experience, but the way that she explained it made it seem really positive. And he seems to really admire that in her. And for an older man to admire, to earnestly admire something from a younger woman is really refreshing. And I like it a lot. Uh, I, you're right. It's also, I think, part of like just the idea that as a child, you kind of just have to put up with whatever you're given. <laughs> so like, yeah, she might not have known better. <laughs> But, um, like, the links you would go for her and Jean, mm-hmm. and I think he had one other son that survived. I, I could be misremembering mm-hmm. that. I read this over, like, a solid month. So, like, I've yeah, forgotten parts of it. Um, but he would, like, go so far as to – so his wife would mm-hmm. read his manuscripts uh, and then, like, cross things out or, like, say, change mm-hmm. this or whatever. And he would put things in specifically to make his children laugh. Right, and right, like, right. And like he said that they would all sit on the porch and like read it, and like the kids would be like really keen to like look for his mistakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he'd put in funny things that they would love that his wife yeah. would have to have to remove from a book. And like, right. like just the 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 trust and like the just like the love for the family is so incredibly overwhelming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really love like this. Like so, he just pulls randomly. There's like, it. He, they say frequently it's like dictated, not written. Uh-huh. And uh, Mark Twain did an amazing job of making that come through. Uh-huh. So it all just feels like it's some old guy, uh, just mm-hmm. nattering on about like different snippets of his life. So things are scattered, but like every mm-hmm. chapter that would return to his daughter or uh, briefly mention his wife was always more interesting than like his fascination and revulsion with dueling. Yeah, that's kind of, I. <laughs> that's what I was reading today, and I suddenly slowed down. I kept getting yeah, distracted yeah, yeah, yeah. in that part. But the fact that, yeah, he does use his family as, like, the main pillars of his life is so much more engaging than just... Because uh, at at the beginning of his autobiography, uh, at the beginning of this biography, he's writing that like I'm not gonna go in linear order. I'm not mm-hmm. just gonna go through my whole life. I mean, I guess I'll start a little bit with my family history, but yeah, you guys don't really care about that, right? Anyway, all right, let's get started. Yeah, what did his like? One of his ancestors like killed a king or something? He's like, yeah, but I don't really know, so whatever. <laughs> he mentioned being able to like drop that fact on like a duke or something like yeah you're <laughs> yeah. a duke but i killed the my grandpa killed the king whatever see you later bye <laughs> like that's that's pretty cool but uh like just the general laissez-faire attitude towards his past is i feel very american yeah i was literally just thinking i wrote that down too that yeah, I wrote uh, Americans and being like proud of their ancestry and versus not really. Because I mean, mm-hmm. think about like with Benjamin Franklin, like, yeah, like they, at that point, there wasn't really any like family history in America. Like you weren't right? coming to America because you were landed 
landed gentry in uh, mm-hmm. Britain. Like, if you had anything in Britain, you stayed in Britain. You stayed in Britain. Yeah, exactly. The people who came to America didn't have anything. Like, they're like criminals and refugees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I can see that Americans kind of wanting to sweep a lot of their family history under the rug. And you oh, definitely yeah. see that with um, uh, Mark Twain. Well, I was going to ask you, since Mark Twain talked about his family so much, and no, sorry, not Mark Twain, uh, Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens. Uh-huh. Spoke about it. Like, I get the writer and the, the character confused sometimes. Uh, uh, Samuel Clemens speaks about his family so much, mm-hmm. uh, but Benjamin Franklin did not. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's just like the difference in like American culture over the hundred years, seventy years? I was thinking of it more like a generational difference, like a kind of more right. like a zeitgeisty type of difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what um, I mean. Yeah, versus yeah, just like it's a being an American thing or not. Because with... Benjamin Franklin's like his dad or his grandpa was like off the boat. British. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was dad, or maybe yeah, maybe you're right about his grandpa. It, it was one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember which one had the the book hidden under the stool, but uh, <laughs> right, right. But Mr. Clemens was several generations removed, mm-hmm. and had a had a member of his family be historical and gave zero sense about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so like I have to like a revolution and then freedom. <laughs> Has got to uh-huh. be like just a huge change to like right. the American, like you're right, zeitgeist. It's mm-hmm. a great word to use that I, I wish I had thought of on my own. <laughs> <laughs> zeitgeist. It's well, a good strong German word. Because I was thinking also about just like the general tone too, and how you know with um, oh, but he's Benjamin southern. Franklin, girl, he's southern. Yeah, this is genial. This is like all like off the cuff. Just have a have a couple biscuits and honey, and then you talk for a couple hours. And oh, that's a, a good point. I didn't really night. think about it too much as being like a southern type thing. Oh, but yeah. like comparing like Benjamin Franklin, who's got this like air of you know Renaissance man, like educated, like uh, European, like what do you call it? like the Age of Enlightenment kind well, of. I, I feel. wouldn't say he's got like an air of renaissance. I think he'd have more like a stick of ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean in that like I'm very educated and I've read the classics and I'm very well, you know, not to be repetitive, but well read. And Well, the, the Samuel I... Clemens character was like all over Europe and hobnobbing with like really important people in Europe. Right. Uh-huh. They both have that like the same uh, very well traveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can actually draw a lot of different things from him. Like Sam- the Sam- Samuel Clemens character in like the full autobiography talks about having been like shipwrecked and like rescued at sea, and, and also worked uh, at like a, a, printing, a printing press. press. And I wrote that in big letters. Look at this camera. Yeah, I wrote yeah, yeah, big yeah. letters. I see it. I see it. So you're right. And I was thinking like, oh, is that like a, a just unintentional... a random chance thing for us? Or is that like a trend for American writers to be uh, involved in publishing? Well, I, but... it's probably that thing where books are so hard to come by that you have to be right. in the industry. To even have that in to publish in the first place. That's a good yeah. point. Like in the seventies, like seventies and eighties, like knowing a computer and working in the computer industry right. were like 
very tied together. Exactly. But kind of going back to what I was saying about like with with Benjamin Franklin, you get the sense that he's trying very hard to be like a kind of philosopher and to oh, yeah. live yeah. his life the right like capital R the right way. And you definitely get the sense that uh he he's not making any mistakes. He's this is the correct way. And you you see that in the past as well. Um with like you know a lot of like i said like a lot of writers from like the um you know like a lot of you know men from europe back in the day name six (laughs) just throw a rock you can hit some Um, well that was the thing back then like if you wrote you were probably a philosopher of some sort you have like the natural scientists what what do we call like a, a scientist now, or you'd be like a philosopher <laughs> of thought or whatever. And <laughs> those were who wrote you either wrote <laughs> law or point. you wrote philosophy, but you yeah, get that's a Mark, good point. Mark Twain makes this Samuel Clemens character who is intensely a down to earth, salt of the <laughs> earth could have squeezed him out of any stretch of the Mississippi. Yeah. Chump who's like, <laughs> gets uh kind of like just bounced from he says in the later parts of the book like providence looks out for uh-huh. children and idiots and he's the <laughs> idiot that providence took care of which is when i was really like damn they're just writing about me 150 years ago <laughs> but like, yeah. you're looking at, at a time period where things like penny book penny novels are coming out uh-huh. where mm-hmm. you're paid like like literally like a penny for every like 10 words or something. Yeah. And then you put out like like, per word. Mm -hmm. You're reading like gunslinger Jeremy and is in the, in the death gulch. And you'd, you'd read that (laughs) in like an afternoon and the dude got paid 50 bucks for it. And like, right. So you definitely have like a, you take your people who are writing and people who are reading are starting to take it less seriously because the stakes aren't quite as high. Right. 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 Um, and I think like, yeah, you definitely see that reflected now in the way people write now. And so I think as like yeah, writing a is so trivial now in 2020 and how people seem to write so seamlessly, carelessly and like detached. Um, but for me, that seems even more approachable, and I find myself like liking uh, the author so much more. Yeah, there's like a and, like kind like, of taking taking his opinion more seriously because it seems more real to me and less put on. There's less artifice. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're actually in a, in the Mark Twain books and also in this fake autobiography. It really feels like you're just talking with a guy. And there's not the the four or five layers of like formality and compunction that mm-hmm. uh, what was his name? It was like uh, Richard Saunders put in the Benjamin <laughs> yeah, right, Franklin character. Right. Like uh-huh. like Richard Saunders, you could feel was really like this is the American of the late 1700s, and this is what you should apply for, and this is what you should be. And it's the Mark Twain Mark. book is like an excuse. <laughs> Like, right. you can do, look at what this idiot's doing. His brother <laughs> is spending $2 on a chicken and selling that chicken for a buck twenty-five, <laughs> And he's paying his brother to ruin himself. Uh-huh. You can be this guy. <laughs> you're, you're a little dum-dum, 
But you could be that's okay what's so too. Funny because we've got two extremely successful Americans who are still household names, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later, and they couldn't be on one hand, they couldn't be more similar, but they couldn't be more different. Like the circumstances of their lives line up in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but like they're everything else about them is just crazy different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they couldn't be more opposite. And that, I think that's why I just like love this so much more than I, I did think, with Benjamin Franklin. I think that's just the difference between uh, Southerners and Northerners, you know? I think you, you get think? a different breed of people on each side of the Mason-Dixon line. Wait, tell me more about uh, your, as as a person from, from the South. What, I'm not actually from the see? South, I'm from Texas, which is a completely different genre. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I need to bring, we it's need to bring superior. in someone. I need to bring in my friend. She would know. She's from There's, Louisiana. You have Northerners, and then above the Northerners are Southerners, and then above the Southerners are Texans. Right. Oh, should we, are you implying that we should read a Texan biography next? Uh, maybe you let me write famous Texans. let me me write a biography and then we'll read it okay quick write one and i'll read it (laughs) and i'll think of a way to make it better and i'll be like no this is just my life (laughs) (laughs) what else what else stood out to you what else stood out to me um i like that he loved bats Mm mm-hmm I mean, uh, I love bats. Bats are adorable. So his story of, uh, I, I don't remember the kids. Oh, uh, John Wolf and the Cats. He described mm-hmm. it his very first story where somewhere mm-hmm. he got a laugh out of somebody. And he did it in <laughs> primary school. Well, it was, it was all just mm-hmm. like school. But he was like, I think like 10-ish. And uh, mm-hmm. the way the story goes is uh, it was like Christmas when he mm-hmm. was 10. And they had a kid living with him who's like apprenticed in. And uh, he was like super nervous and super awkward. It's good to know mm-hmm. those people existed 100 years ago. Uh, <laughs> yep. He uh, didn't want to hang out at the Christmas party because there were too many girls <laughs> at the <laughs> Wait, Christmas party. Stories. Wait, I remember this one. <laughs> and and um, so he goes to bed. And uh, the little Samuel Clemens character, like five or six years younger than him, is like needling him and like making fun of him because he won't hang out with the 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 girls because they make him uncomfortable, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and like all the girls with their like parties like broke up from the main house and they're all like hanging out around like the outside drinking like I think it was like hot candy, so uh-huh. I think it's just like red like they he described it as like red hot sugar like was on like a stick and i think you just like the stick and like oh yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah really hot drinks and they're like hanging out outside and uh, there's like cats on the on the roof fighting so little uh-huh. samuel clemens is like you're such a huge wuss i bet you won't go out there and get those cats and he's like i'm gonna get those fucking cats right now don't you call me a wuss And he, like, rips the door open, and he's, like, climbing on the side of a building covered in ice, like, on the second floor, and, like, Uh trying to get these cats, and then dude just, like, loses it, slips Uh off the roof, and, like, lands on, to hear him describe it, every stick and hot item, like, (laughs) in the Tri-County area, (laughs) in front of everyone, (laughs) and recounting this story that Samuel Clemens 100% set up. (laughs) 
the next day at like school was like what set him on his little like path of debauchery moving from like all sections of the globe telling stories with people like to hear to hear his stories of his childhood and how he was just a menace like the worst son and how his like older brother was just an angel and his mom knew it and would just beat the shit out of him <laughs> just preemptively what was it like uh he wasn't supposed to go swimming so his mom like sewed up his collar and then he like went swimming and like sewed the collar back up and his uh-huh. brother was like hey mom what color is that thread <laughs> and then she like beat <laughs> and then like yeah and then a couple like he said like and then right around that same time like for once uh his older brother uh knocked over a dish knocked over a dish of sugar and broke the dish and he was just vibrating with like righteous like energy waiting for mom so that he he could finally be the one to be like oh what was his name henry Oh, it was something. Like, it was something stupid. Something like, like Henry did it, oh, and and so they're both standing in the living room, like like awkwardly waiting for mom to come in. Mom comes in, sees the broken dish, and you know he, he's he's gearing he's gearing up to be like, well, who who did it, mother? You should ask yeah. this question. Who did it? Yeah, he was specifically like, looking for the build up. Like, like he was he's waiting artist. for like. The, like a, like a true author waiting for this buildup, but his mother ruins it by just like beating him across Bam. the head. <laughs> just he said he felt it. He felt it throughout his whole body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "What? It wasn't me." She's like, "I don't care if if you it did was something. You did something." <laughs> and if I haven't heard that exact thing, <laughs> even <All> right. in... <laughs> God, and you know you did do something, but you thought you got away with it. And she's like, well, if it wasn't something you did in the past, you'll do something in the future that I won't beat you for. So, And that was really uh, memorable and uh, realistic. And I can imagine that. It didn't seem yeah. to really help. He seemed to still be kind of a... <laughs> did you get to the part where they were talking about measles? I didn't. Tell me about measles. Okay. So measles are going through his town. Like sweeping through it and they're killing there's like he said there's a funeral every day for a little while mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so many people are just dying from the measles. And his mom was making such a big deal and she's like, You can't leave, you can't do anything. I'm here to protect all of my kids from the measles. Uh-huh. And he was like, much like we are now, uh <laughs> stir crazy and like just like I have to end this on we. So he's uh-huh. like he says, so I stole away to my friend's house who had the measles, <laughs> and I snuck through the house, and I'm about to get into my friend's room when his mom grabs me by the back of the neck and, like, shakes uh-huh. me and beats the, beats the ever-loving crap out of me and, like, uh-huh. lets me go. And I'm like, okay, I gotta try harder next time. So he tries harder the second time. And he uh-huh. gets into his friend's room and he gets into bed with his friend who has the uh-huh. measles so hard he has no idea what's going on around him. So uh-huh. he's just like in bed with this kid catching the measles and like his mom's coming in so he like pulls the cover up over his head and she's like, oh, this is the thinnest blanket in the world. It's July. <laughs> I can uh-huh. see there's two small children in my son's bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she like, <laughs> she just like grabs him and like throws him in his mom's room, like brings him back to his house and just throws him in the room. And his mom's like screaming at him. And then he gets the measles so and then he, hard. He gets the measles really bad. So bad. He gets them so bad. And he's like specifically describing the measles like take away his ability to like perceive things essentially. Mm-hmm. So he's in this like void of dissociation where he's like aware of things happening but he doesn't care and that lack of mm-hmm. care is the most uh like pleasant thing he's ever experienced another and, like, uh uh and he's like parallel he's like to oh. benjamin franklin oh yeah because he wanted to die instead of going back to work yeah i forgot yeah 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 <laughs> Where he gets like, he falls into the river or something and gets sick and then just almost dies. But then, and it like gives up on life. But as he's starting to heal, he's like, oh, I have to keep living after this. Yeah, well, uh, Mr. Mr. Clemens was a little younger, but he did, right. like, get, he did get to the point where people are like on his deathbed, uh-huh. uh, like doing like the death vigil. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he recovers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little it's a little anticlimactic but drag yeah, me it's... back into this world <laughs> that's another parallel i didn't pick up good 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 uh good on you no i just remember that because it's just really mem- like mood big mood big mood yeah when you yeah. finally like get over your flu or whatever you're like a back back to the old grind samuel clemens at some points was like oh man uh I got rescued by uh, a slave woman and an apprentice for a guy, and I'll never forgive them <laughs> because I lived. <laughs> like, he, he almost drowned, like, seven times in the Mississippi River before he figured out how to swim, finally. <laughs> that's, that, that's a mood. <laughs> that was another friend that, no, no he was uh, another close brush with death, which seems to be just like, you know, that's what you write about in an autobiography, I guess is your brushes with death but his um him ice skating at night with his friend <gasps> oh yeah and him commenting like well we were doing it a, you know even though we weren't supposed to because why would we do because anything at night they weren't unless supposed because to. <laughs> unless we weren't supposed to do it and they were they said like after skating around and then suddenly the ice started to like fall apart and this like horrible terrifying dash back home and like right at the end they like his friend fell in was able to get out okay but then got sick and then got scarlet fever i think or something one of those old time totally deaf oh yeah 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 yeah. and i was like dang that happens that's the sec. That's two people he dealt with that were deaf in the the book. Did you hear the other one? Which or other read one? the other one rather? Okay, so he's describing like etiquette, right? For living, uh-huh. for like being at like a noisy dinner party. So uh-huh. like everyone's at a dinner party and you're talking to the people around you, and you have to be louder to be heard over the people who are also talking to the people next to him. Right. So right. like as the evening goes, it just gets louder and louder and louder until everyone's yelling at the person next to him, and it's like just when you a go cacophonous. To a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he says the one trick that you do for this is to lean down next to someone and just start whispering. Uh-huh. And then someone's going to be like, what's that dude whispering about? <laughs> and they're going to lean in and they're going to get quiet and they're going to just, just going to like spread. So he's telling this story about uh, how he knew a guy in Chicago who was completely uh-huh. deaf, 
but like could read lips or something, so he could still like talk uh-huh. to people, I guess. So, uh, but he couldn't control his volume. So he'd be. I think like, it might have been the same guy. I don't the think so. Friend. It might have been. I don't think it was. Okay, like I said, I read me. this over weeks, so I may <laughs> know. Uh, but like he's so he'd like yell at you from like a few feet away because he just can't tell how loud he's being. Uh-huh. So the story he's telling is he's whispering it to his neighbor, is like he was at a the, a luncheon with this guy and uh, he's talking with someone and he hears someone else say, and then he reached over and grabbed his wife by the back of the neck and he yanked her head back by her hair and his razor came up and slashed. And then his friend yells, how do you like Chicago? <laughs> and he yells that like at the dinner table because everyone <laughs> at that point is completely silent, trying to hear what he's whispering to his neighbor. And then he does what his what he describes as his classic move. It's just like pontificating during dinner so no one else can talk. And they all have to listen. I know people like that. I think we live with people like that. But But he's such an interesting and relatable and fun character. Especially when you mm-hmm. compare him to the only other person we've read together, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, to be honest, it's really nice having these two, like, on complete opposite ends of the scale of American. Yeah, we made a complete accident where we got the uh, the foil for each other. Yeah, and it's been much more... Like, I, I enjoyed reading Benjamin Franklin. I did not and... at all. I hate. I, I was having I was having fun at the beginning. Sure. Oh, me, yeah, me too. Me too. I, like I said, like if you then it turns. watch our previous episode, then you can find out all about the f- fatal flaw of being an American person. But the just the accessibility of mm-hmm. Mark Twain is really fun, and I definitely I would yeah it makes me want to read more of his actual. Uh, like fiction which i haven't yes. read since uh like elementary school probably okay so something i've noticed with mark twain uh mm-hmm. and it happened a little bit on this which is embarrassing because we're doing a podcast where we're talking about what we read but mm-hmm. like i read how Huckle- okay so when you were in like middle school for me did you have mm-hmm. a thing where you would like read an american classic and then like go sure. on the computer and do like a quiz on it and you'd get like library points or something um I didn't get library points, but if I read books, then I got certain points, and then I got t-shirts. So it was similar. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I I, I like. I was read I was Mark... physically rewarded for reading, which was great. Yeah, I, it would have been great if I was able to retain any information nah. over <laughs> overnight. So you should have been in my uh my my community because it didn't matter if you read it it's just your mom just had to sign a paper saying that you finished it and then oh the really point. oh yeah oh, i had to do a quiz on it so i'd, I'd like i had both read mark twain and huckleberry finn and the plan was uh-huh. for me and my friends to like one of us would read the book and uh-huh. then we would all then that like okay so i read huckleberry finn so i mm. was going to take the huckleberry finn test for all of my friends Okay. And the other guy was going to read the, I don't know, like Scarlet Letter or whatever. And he was going to take the Scarlet Letter quiz for <laughs> uh-huh. all of us. So we had a little, we had a little, we little got the scam short end going. of that stick, huh? We got a scam going. So I read it okay. over a weekend and I'm like 12, 13. 
so like on Monday, I walk into the library all confident, and I like sit down, and my friends are behind me, and I hit, uh-huh. I hit Gordy, uh, grade seven, uh, uh-huh. Huckleberry Finn, and I start taking the test, and I'm like, I don't know any of these answers, and I got like a ten out of like fifty. <laughs> And it was, was it was it like what kind of questions were they? I, okay, you're asking for something like literally 20 years ago, but I mean, uh, was it like what did he say to this person here? Had to be, or was it be. more like thematically? It had to be things like what was uh, the river that they were going down on a raft, and I'd be like, I don't know, Arkansas, <laughs> and <laughs> it, like I just got be. so many this things wrong. <laughs> Get some performance anxiety there. I guess. I don't know. But, like, I completely botched the very first one. And then the entire <laughs> Enterprise just fell apart. And, like, yeah, I could feel... I, your I think, your, I think your it's poor friends lost confidence. In me specifically. I mean, they were they still could have read their books. I mean, <laughs> it's it's still kind of on them. But I, I think I'd had, I had some of that with this one where, like, I would read it and I'd be entertained. And I mm-hmm. felt like it didn't lodge in me. Like how you're just kind of like talking with a friend and you like mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. that you spent like a couple hours talking with a friend of yours, but mm-hmm. you couldn't really say what you talked about. Or mm-hmm. even if you like, like five minutes ago, your best friend and you like just could not stop laughing. And then like right. the t- the topic changes and you can't remember what was so funny. Right. Like that's how I felt with this. That's how I felt with Mark Twain in general. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's... Well, I think the fact that the the structure of the book is really, like, conversational, and the fact that one story blends into the next story, and Mm -hmm. there's so many times where halfway through this uh, story, it seems like it'll it'll just change topics. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely uh, with uh, Susie's biography as well. I found that, like, halfway through her, her story, she would just completely change topics, and so it seems to be... Uh, mirrored between the two of them yeah i wonder where she picked that up from (laughs) yeah exactly but i think maybe the fact that it does read so conversationally does make it seem uh, it makes it harder to remember the details i think going forward i'll remember some of these stories but maybe i'll forget that it's mark twain oh sure like i you know someone told me this really funny story about like uh oh like the burglar alarm going off, but then oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> like the burglar alarm going off, and then the wife being like, "Oh hey, shouldn't you like go down and like see?" And him being like, "Nah, he doesn't need any help stealing our vegetables. <laughs> he knows yeah, what he yeah. needs." And she's like, "Well, what if he goes upstairs?" And he's like, "Well, then he'll probably you know take some of our bric-a-brac and maybe like my umbrella or something." But you know, he's probably got a family to feed, and and then like starts creating this entire story about the burglar, and then it's completely like, disinterested. But, but hey, hey, but there's a there's a burglar. Can you can you go deal? Why do we have a burglar alarm? <laughs> that was actually kind of interesting to me. Because like it start his he was born in like the forties or fifties or something like that, mm-hmm. and eighteen forties or fifties. Eighteen forties, yeah. So like he's talking about like lamps at uh-huh. in the like when he's younger, and then uh-huh. he's got like full on burglar systems when he's yeah. living with his wife. I was also and that like, transition had to of technology str- is amazing. <laughs> I also had to like 
struggle with my understanding of technology in time. It's fascinating. And them taking like a buggy, but then also a car, but then there's a train. And at and one point they're talking they about an electric. Yeah. I'm trying to balance like a buggy with an electric burglar system. It was, was hard for me, but I guess that was a, a time of great transition, much yeah, like kind of, uh, the time of now. Yeah. So like you're hundred percent right. Like the same has to be like level of like shitting in an outhouse and bringing a candle with you to like at the end of his life, having like toilets and uh, electricity or we uh-huh. started off with like uh, Atari's and got like cell phones like, out of uh, it. And like, um, yeah, yeah, having like car phones and like personal digital assistants. Oh, man, and do you remember beepers? Are you young enough to have a, to uh, I, old enough to know what a beeper is? I I know what a I I know what a beeper is, but I have not uh, had. Have the you had a family member a who? If you ever seen a uh, my, family my member dad, look at a beeper, my dad did have a beep. You know, they had, like on the you know on the belt like here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dad had that. Um. Now, yeah, how the. <laughs> <laughs> and I think thinking about it that way and how, uh, you know, I don't want to say like a time of great transition, but I don't know any other words to use besides a time of great transition and how it seems like you're putting on airs, <laughs> you know, in a time where a lot of things are changing and you kind of have to be flexible and kind of take hits as they come. Um, maybe you can see there's a kind of similarity between this kind of detached humor of Mark Twain and the kind of detached humor that's popular now. Yeah, like the the kind of people that Mark Twain presents are the same kind of people that are walking around today. And I mean, you could say the same thing about like some of the people Benjamin Franklin was talking about. Benjamin Franklin's a business robot, and I don't believe there are those anymore. (laughs) I think they're a dying breed. I I guess I I relate much more with Mark Twain. And granted, there was a lot of change going on in Benjamin Franklin's time, but that was more change about, like, political change. Yes, it's more, yeah. And, like, change in, like, the economy. Um and like development in that way versus like technological change. Well, I think and like ability change. I feel like there's less societal change mm-hmm. between Benjamin Franklin's uh we're British citizens revolutions, now we're Americans mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. we're Americans we don't have slaves anymore. Now <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, also yeah, yeah. Americans. Yeah, I feel like there's really way more change, change there. Yeah, that was also a really uh important change. That was happening right around then. He doesn't talk a lot about that whole situation, but I think Mark Twain as a person was very abolitionist minded. So uh-huh. I appreciate that from him. I, I'm afraid to look too deep into those. Yeah. Into those works. I mean, like you yeah. looked at Huckleberry Finn, you can kind of tell where his heart lies, but uh, this it's just hard to, hard to trust. Anyone I, yeah. Times. I'm not quite like uh, educated enough to really talk smoothly about that so i'll leave that to someone who knows what they're talking about but i don't get the sense that marked i feel like mark twain thinks of other people as, as people. people yeah um with like value 
and uh, I just I don't I don't get that from other people. I can put that yeah, in, yeah, put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. I feel like he probably had to like sidestep a lot of things for the people he uh, spoke to, just to mm. be able to like talk about them without being like sued or whatever the 1800s equivalent is. Mm, yeah. I mean, he talks about a lot about how people talk a lot of shit about him. Yeah. And <laughs> how, how, like, at one point he got, comp- he's like, listen, I'm attractive, but somebody said that I looked like this one ugly preacher guy. And then it just yeah. stuck around for 50 years. <laughs> And every time people describe me, they have to compare me to this ugly guy, and I hate it. That's and that's so like funny. the one, that's like one, like, beacon of, like, how should I say, like, not self respect, but like this one point in the story where he's like, listen, I have this particular value. I am not this guy. I am a and three am- at least. I'm at least a three. He's like, why is it that everyone just really describes how great my clothes are and then just stops there? Oh, yeah. Wish they would about continue. How he was, like, he was talking about how, like, he wishes people would dress all peacocky in, like, bright colors mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hates how everyone has to dress all drab in the mm-hmm. 1700s. And, it's, and it got me to thinking, like, men's business clothes haven't changed. Nope. In that whole time. Like you change nope. how like you change where the neck is and you change how many buttons there are. But and it's maybe you change the, the fabric a little bit, but it's the same, yeah. This is the fatal flaw of male fashion. We need to get back to cod pieces and hose. You know what I'm saying? Get some uh, Oh like like the uh what do you call like pantaloons? Like the puffy shorts, pantaloons. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get those uh those uh Cuban heels and some spurs. Oh, I was thinking heels. those like yeah, go on about heels. <laughs> heels are uh, were originally a military invention, so you can get more leverage out of your lance when you're on horseback. I was gonna say it, it's it's a horseback thing. That's why cowboy yeah. boots have heels. Yeah. Anyway, tune in next time for our for our fashion uh, commentary <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but I mean, if if. Uh... Like in Japan, if the staff, if the female staff are required to wear high heels, then the men ought to be required as well, right? I mean, everyone should have equal discomfort. I've had an office job, and I (laughs) don't know why you can't just walk in there in a tennis shoes and a tank top, and as long as your ass isn't hanging out shorts. Like, we're in an (laughs) office building. The only time people are going to see us is when we walk in or out to the front door. <laughs> yep. And they don't know what floor we're going to, so they can't say <laughs> shit. Right. Anyway, that's a whole other uh, discussion that has nothing to do with Mark Twain, besides the fact that he did seem to care about his appearance. Speaking of something that didn't that does have to do with Mark Twain, but doesn't have is a completely different discussion. Mm-hmm. Do you know the early 2000s show The Riches? Starring Eddie Izzard and Demi Moore. <laughs> I'm sorry, not I Demi Moore, Eddie... Mini Driver. It's Mini Driver. I was <laughs> trying to process that. Um, I know who those people are. 
Okay, but you don't know them in the context of this. Uh, no. Okay, well, let me let me uh, spin you a yarn. Um, okay. So, Eddie Izzard and Mini Driver are part of a uh, like Irish traveler. Uh. Society is the word I landed on, but I don't feel like that's right. Uh, uh, in America, no, it's like uh, okay. travelers, like the Roma, but like the Irish. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, Is yeah, it lock, talk, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels? Okay. Uh-huh. Snatch. Sorry, snatch. Uh, <laughs> so they're that kind of thing where they're like fleecing people. Okay. And uh, Minnie Driver just gets out of jail. Eddie Izzard's like married to her, and he's like, "Oh my God, you're the best thing ever. I'm so glad you're here." Uh, we accidentally betrayed the other travelers, like society here, so we gotta <laughs> bug the fuck out. And then they accidentally kill like this very rich family called the Riches, and they take over their lives because uh-huh. you know, like. They're confidence tricksters, and they're, like, moving in and, like, doing, like, scams on people. So now they're taking on the riches, and they're trying Uh to scam the community into thinking that they're the riches. And I think Uh that's what Mark Twain and his family should do. Like, if we rewrote this autobiography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Except a lot less uh, Breaking Bad and more, like, like, really happy like interconnectedness. Like, they're all working together really hard to try to make this work. Because uh-huh. I love the family, the familial love dynamic of him and his right. wife and I his really daughters. I really want to keep that, yeah. So, like, they're all just working so hard to pretend to be this other family. And his, like, his wife, who's pretty straight-laced, uh-huh. uh, but knows how to deal with him, is, like, having a hard time fitting in. But he's, like, uh-huh. spitting, like, yarn after story after lie to, like, get everything to work. And it'd just like, be, like, this could... comedy of errors. And and you could really develop the wife character here because like her her family is quite wealthy, right? I mean, like their first house was like a gift from her yes. dad, right? God, that, don't you wish okay. you got that as a gift for I, Christmas? I was as soon as, as I was reading this, I was like, damn, like I wish like someone gave me a house as a surprise present. But I didn't uh, even get like pots and pans when I got married. Did you get like a blender at least? No, I didn't get none of that. What? That's like, I think the, I got that's like a, what I'm holding out for. Like I want to like let me get married just, got, just so I can have the the you know what do you call it? the immersion blender with like the stick you know like a ninja. We got cupcakes we didn't ask for. A Vitamix. That's what we got for our birth. That's what I want. Hey Dad, you listening? Still, I want that Vitamix. And uh, and a couple microphones. We still need a couple microphones. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Do <laughs> you think I could put microphones onto what do you call the the wish what do you call a wish list for registry? Registry registry. Yeah, I don't know if like wedding, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond has microphones. Although Beyond does imply quite a few things. <laughs> they sell quite a lot of things there. And did you know, uh, a little unrelated, I had, a roommate, I had a roommate work at Bed Bath & Beyond, and uh, you could return something without the box, without the receipt, for store what? credit. It wasn't Life cash, tip right there, guys. But you could get store credit. Yeah, I don't know if it's still the same now in people. It depends probably on where you go, but yeah, you could just be like, "Oh, this blender is uh, broken." Uh, yeah, I totally got here. Uh, and then you just Home... get like fifty bucks of credit, and then you can get like a pillow or something. I heard Home Depot has like the same thing where you just have to bring it in, say you bought it here, and then it yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, work. as long as I've got it on on file, then you're no. Good to go. I hear in Home Depot, you just have to say you bought it at Home Depot. <laughs> 
that's what I hear. So like, and Home Depot's got a lot of stuff. You could get it. You can bring anything in. No, but you could like walk into Home Depot with like a bed frame, and be like, I did. (laughs) I bought this at Home Depot. Take this back, or a PS4. And they're like, (laughs) okay, yeah, retail price three hundred dollars. Here you go. They giving cash or uh or a store I assume credit? it's a gift card. I assume it's store credit, but like yeah, but think like man, you could you could go there a couple times. You could get one of those uh those uh, driving lawnmowers. Do you know how many nails you could get with three hundred dollars? You could probably buy out their stock. You could get the non-rusty kind, even. Oh, they make those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're outside <laughs> of my price of, range. Speaking of uh, speaking of technology that's advanced, <laughs> non-rusty nails. They make them. They make nails that don't rust. I buy them rusted. Related to, uh, kind of related to non-rusting nails and things that you put on a kitchen registry on a wedding registry. You know what I'm really disappointed in? Uh, Stainless steel definitely uh, gets rusty and stained. Not into it. Well, maybe if you mistreat it. What have you been doing? I treat it just fine. Prove it. Prove it. What kind of uh, pillow did you buy for it? What kind of blanket did you have? <laughs> What's not a stainless steel pillow? You getting it that good cat food? <laughs> what was it? Yeah, what is? What oh, was I think sta- it was a. Hmm? What, what were you rust? What stainless steel item were you rusting up? I think it was a. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was a squeegee for the shower. That's what it was. Rusted. Yeah, that should be wet like all the time, right? That should I know, never but be it's dry. stainless steel, so it should never be stained. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have a squeegee, there should be no point in its life after you bring it home where it's dry. It should just be constantly wet, so it should never rust. Right. You should have got a... That's weird. What did you do to it? Were you using it wrong? <laughs> what do you mean using it wrong? I don't know. I, just keep, it... I keep it in the shower. It gets it's wet. <sighs> so what kind of shower has a squeegee? What are you squeegeeing in the shower? The walls! What do you mean? What am I squeegeeing in the shower? You wash your shower? I... <laughs> yeah, my life is never over. <laughs> I just well, don't want to can... live in mold. Maybe you can catch meningitis or uh, measles too. <laughs> yeah, what, what's ne- what, do we got? what do we got? We got we got scarlet fever. We got the measles. What else was it? Uh, his uh, his his daughter Susie contracted uh, meningitis. God, meningitis. like hearing them talk him talk about how uh, they got word that she was sick, and then like every day they could get like one telegram to like yeah. get an update is terrifying. Like, and they're like they were like what, about his to go wife, to Europe. Like, uh, yeah, there's like his wife left to Europe where she was. Like she was in either England or Germany or something. Yeah, and like was on her way back. But then, he, oh my god! And then she was on he, her way back. And then he got the message while she was on her way back, while yeah. she was on the boat, right? That that she died. That's uh, it's incomprehensible from like a modern standpoint. Yeah, you want to talk about like technology? At least you can find stuff out quickly here. For better or for worse. For better or for worse, but I feel like I'd rather know than not know stuff, something like okay. this. Alright, so if you got the option, like a genie's like you can have one wish, but oh. you have to know the exact moment you're gonna die. Do you take that? Do you wanna uh... do you wanna know when you're gonna die? 
I guess. I like, I think maybe having like a deadline would be motivational. Absolutely. I can't do anything without a deadline. <laughs> right. We've I been mean, pushed how, back this deadline like three times. <laughs> like the fact that I actually read most of this is, is goes to show that I need a deadline and someone holding me accountable. But I, yeah, I think, yeah, if, if the person holding me accountable was the genie and or God, I assume, and the deadline was a very clear point that I can have on the horizon. I mean, assuming, assuming I've got a little bit to go, I think having that point would be like, well, I've got, you know, 30 more years. So what do I want to do in 30 years? It's so liberating. Got 29 years. <laughs> I think like, it'd be really nice. Like if you knew that you weren't going to die for 20, 30 years, wouldn't you be like, I'm going to go uh, cave diving. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go skydiving. Or I'm like, gonna be a bullfighter. Not to be Actually, like more macabre, but like, anything. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming, assuming that it was set in stone and nothing I did up until that point would kill me. Hey, watch that's me shoot this really... gun at myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's pretty powerful to know that you just like, like a superpower up until a super point. Yeah, yeah, and so. I think, for example, like, even if it was a short amount of time, like five or six years, I'd be like, well, I could do literally anything I want and not die. And I think that's that really being said. <laughs> that being said, you could yeah. go skydiving and that parachute still doesn't open up and you're just in a coma for the next 30 years until Ooh, you die. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, there's That's still fair. that right there. <laughs> there's always loopholes with these. That's how that genie things. gets you. The, the, yeah, with the monkey paw and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, back to back to Mark Twain. Do you think Mark Twain would take that? Do you think, do you think Mark Twain? I think he'd probably. He talked a lot about being a coward at night. So depending mm-hmm. on when you approached him. <laughs> Uh, with that uh, that monkey paw situation, he might take it or not. Because, like, like, the realest thing is when he's talking about, like, at night, I remember uh-huh. all the terrible things I've done and all the horrible things I've seen, and I, I re- try to repent as a good Christian, and then I wake up and I'm invincible again. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, felt that in my bones. Yeah, yeah. That's that's also very relatable. Another Another mark on the relatable scale from Mark Twain. He wrote a good character, that Samuel Clemens. I just love, look, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article right now. And did you know that his middle name is Langhorn? I mean, I mean, yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be he's from Missouri? Or he Missouri, was, Mississippi. He was born in a, in a city called Florida, Miss, Missouri. Florida, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. But he seems to have lived all over the place. Yeah, he, judging by the writing, he's been to every city in the country. I know, it's nice to like see cities pop up and be like, oh, I know that. And back in those days, refreshing. like, back in those days, like, you didn't like just hop in a car. You didn't hop in a plane. That was like, I think he described a, 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 a train ride where he didn't move out of his seat for three days. <laughs> That's, that's current mood for me right now. Oh, yeah. You have about 40 square feet of, 
little apartment we can walk through. That's true. Okay, so we've got we've we've read two different authors, both of which are considered like the fathers of American culture in American one way literature. or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so interesting to see like two very clear sides of America with Benjamin Franklin being the, you know, if you work really hard and pull yourself up by the bootstraps, then you can also become a tycoon and own everything that you ever wanted and become the best man ever. And you've got that aspect of American culture, like where if you work really hard, then you can be successful and be, and by being successful, I mean making money and having power. And then you've got Mark Twain, who has just got this like whole other kind of blase, relaxed aspect of American culture that kind of, I don't, I know, I don't I think he's that... saying like, I'm not, I don't think he's saying like, don't work hard, but he's definitely not. He's, he's <laughs> advocating a work-life balance, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think I read that the actual Mark Twain was like very uh-huh. constantly like coming into money and then losing it in bad investments, which is mm-hmm. why I think uh, the, the, the Clibbins character like was paying for his brother's basically livelihood. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, f- wait on the, on the Wikipedia, there's an entire section called financial troubles. Oh damn. Really? Yeah. So that's when, you know, you've, haven't had a good time of it yeah i think i think he just like i think part of the whole thing of like just being led around by his nose a lot of people like he described uh-huh. uh uh, <laughs> uh at one point people are like hey you ever heard of bowling and he's like no and they're like you're gonna love this by the way <laughs> uh loser buys beer and oysters for everyone else so like <laughs> like his very first time bowling he would not stop winning uh he would he got a strike every time. And they're like, Hey uh-huh. man, that's not cool. We thought you didn't know how to play. I don't want to play with uh-huh. you anymore. You lied to us. And uh-huh. like it's revealed that he's on like bumper pool lanes. So like it always makes a strike no matter how you throw it. And like <laughs> the Clemens character like came out on top of that situation, but I think Mark Twain as an actual person would like get <laughs> fleeced and like invest poorly very frequently. <laughs> Which is why he had to always be like on lecture circuits and like hustling to sell. Yeah, a book. and like be traveling all the time. Yeah. And you get like a lot of things like him buying things for his kids and his wife going shopping and like that sort of thing. So I think he gives a lot of money to his family as well. For yeah. us like uh for their health and for like their like lessons and education and things like that. Like, it's really cool to be generous, but as long as you can feed yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Gotta keep those white suits coming in. Mm-hmm. Him, yeah, and, him like... and Colonel Sanders, huh? <laughs> I know, those white suits, like, they can't stay clean, right? There's no way. Not back then. Like, they don't have... Like, they don't have a white... I mean, you, have to, like... you have to, like, scrub it on that little scrub board. 
No, oh, that's another YouTube video that I watched. You should all a uh, historical YouTube video you watched of how to keep whites white. And apparently, one okay, besides like the really powerful soap that they use, if you like lay it out on the grass in the sun, the uh sun heating it up and then releasing like the how do you say, like the chlorophyll fill? Chlorophyll? Yeah, like helps bleach the the whites. It just I seems like you get grass that on YouTube. Uh, well, if you don't rub them around, yeah. Well, I only rub my clothes on the grass. <laughs> I only wear green clothes. <laughs> and then you're safe. Yeah. It's kind of like a tie-dye. I get the, the store <laughs> green mixed in with the grass green. It's beautiful. See, okay, here's a... Okay, well, you people people listening at home can't see this, but look at this great picture of Mark Twain. Just lounging in bed in a red silk robe reading a book. That's that robe is voluptuous. That is a yeah. It it's like a it's like a paisley lined silk robe. It's like Santa Claus red. In his left hand is a pipe. In his right hand is a book. And he looks like he hasn't moved for nine hours. I, he described himself as being lazier and lazier as uh, he gets older. So he stops writing at some point and only dictates. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing <laughs> for a novelist <laughs> put like the money into having it dict- his books dictated uh-huh. just off the cuff like rhyming a book together when someone else puts it to paper that's crazy that's that's the life i guess that that's the other uh, uh success of the, um, the american man getting to a point where you don't actually have to do any work 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 really hard until you don't have to work. I mean, that's the dream. Work until you don't have to anymore. Retirement. Could you imagine how cool it would be if our generation was able to retire? I watched, that's a, yet another YouTube video I watched where they calculated how much money you would need to make in 2020 to be able to retire comfortably. I don't know and, if I want to uh, hear this. The answer was, it's not possible. Seriously? I didn't, uh, I knew with I didn't my current salary, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not recommend looking it up because it's uh, just not a fun time. Anyway, we but would. Hey, uh, if you work really hard. <laughs> anyway, we read if you work uh, really hard, you autobiography. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed reading about Mark Twain. Uh, Mark Twain, the the man. Me and Samuel the Clemens. Family man. You mean Samuel Clemens? Mark Twain's Samuel. not really. He just wrote it. It's not his family. Samuel Clemens. Samuel was it Longhorn? Langhorn. Langhorn. You're thinking of Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, I'm thinking of the chicken. But what are we gonna read next? We've gotten two American authors. Uh, one of them has written, I think, several of America's uh, the quintessential American novels. I can't Which I actually, actually think kind of, of any other American authors besides Mark Twain. Uh, Michael Crichton, he wrote Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other great American novel. <laughs> Does he have an autobiography? Oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> are, we, are we sticking strictly to autobiographies? I, I, I'm willing to branch out, but I don't care about people who are still alive. Who would? If they're not moldy in the ground, what's the point? I feel like 
if it's if it's they're alive now, it's too real, and I have to think about it more critically. Well, if it's the past, wanna... I could just be like, "Well, he was a he was kind of an asshole, so whatever." This dude sucked. He's I'm glad he's dead. I said, "Yeah, about exactly." Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Should, I so mean, who... do you want to? Should we? Should we stick with America? I don't know. I, I I was born there. I know about it. I was also born there, but I don't really have that much like uh, of a connection to it, really. Yeah, we're both living in a different country. Um, <laughs> yes, we both like jump ship pretty quick. Uh, I took a while. Uh, uh, what would um hmm. maybe this is something we talk about offline instead of wasting. Uh, well, seeing as I've, I've, I've made two whole people I know listen to it, uh, confirmed, made them listen to it. I've also um, made two could... people. We have four listeners. Well, that's great. That's four. That's more than I expected already. It's um, more than my last podcast. <laughs> well, I don't want to say we should leave it to the readers, but I think we should No, I don't trust the people who listen to and... this. I've met them. No, oh, no, here, here, here. You got to do what I always do with my hair color, where I post on Twitter, okay. hey, what hair color should I do? And then everyone gives me suggestions, and then I choose what I want anyway. Because I mean, it's makes... like, you know, when, when someone's like, when you're like, oh, I don't know, should I do A or B? And they're like, you should do A. And you're like, mm, I'm going to do B. That's what I do with the coin. Like I make a, I say, okay, A or B, flip a coin. I don't want to do that. <laughs> do A. Yeah, exactly. You know, it makes sense. And so, and that's why I think uh, at least if we can get our uh, listeners to give us some some suggestions, it can narrow the list down. You know what I mean? Let me ask my intern over here, who I think I'm going to pro- uh, upgrade a producer sometime soon. What kind of uh, autobiography should we do next? Do ladies make autobiographies? Uh, the only autobiography by a lady I can think of is Tina Fey, and she's too alive for Blades to want to talk about. <laughs> Dead ladies, huh? I don't know. There's always Teddy Roosevelt, the coolest American. <laughs> yeah, we want to stick with Americans. I mean, I'm down to read. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't he read. Had a gun. These are the most autobiographies I've ever read in my entire life. I've read biographies, but I've never read too many autobiographies. And it's been really interesting thinking about why, like, the point in your life at which you think, ah, I'm a valuable enough resource. I'm a valuable enough person to necessitate, like, a autobiography. And I think that's that's really interesting. That's a real narcissist move, being like, you gotta exactly. worry about me. I'm famous now, but you need to hear about when I was five. Like, my, You're gonna love my child existence me. is so valuable to everyone that you need to know every detail of it. What if, and like, stick with me here. I've never read this before, but I kind of mm. want to read it, but I also don't know if I could handle reading it. What if we read, <laughs> uh, like, Pride and Prejudice or something? Oh, you know, I have never read Pride and Prejudice. I haven't either. I tried to read Emma, and I had the same kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to do anything but read this book <laughs> that I had yeah. with Mark Twain. Uh-huh. I've read in junior high, 
again, 20 years because ago. I was I mean, 200 million years ago when I was motivated by, hey, if you read all these books with a ton of words in it, then you get extra points and then you can get a t-shirt from the library. Um, yep, yep, I yep. read Jane Eyre and I really liked it then. Yeah, Jane Eyre. What did I it was say like, earlier? It was like, it was, you said Pride and Prejudice. No, I thought it, and, actually, never mind. Emma okay, is so what I, I mean, how, how many ghosts do you want? What are your feeling on ghosts? I would spend a week on a haunted house just to find out. Okay, that's how many ghosts. We should read Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. Okay. Yeah, it's a little more gothy. And uh, I, I, I have watched the Pride of Prejudice movie recently, so that would I think would color my experience. Is that with Emma Thompson? Is it with Hermione? Wasn't Hermione Uh, in one of those? Hermione. No, am I, I wrong? You're getting your, you're, you're getting your Emma's mixed up. Probably. I thought Hermione no, was in no, one of those. No, old no, 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 no. The one with uh, ah, making me remember names. Kira Knightley, the one with Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Yeah. What is on okay. Netflix? All right, all right. Homework for everyone. Watch Ooh, Pride could we and just Prejudice. watch the Netflix version? <laughs> no, we just... <laughs> no, we're gonna read Jane Eyre. Which Jane uh, Eyre? Okay. We're gonna read Jane Eyre. Which, is, if I remember correctly, uh, doesn't really have any super famous. Um, oh, I bet there's. I uh, bet you're about to movies. insult some actors right now. I mean, <laughs> sorry, uh, Kira Knightley wasn't in a Jane Eyre movie, so I don't care. Wait, so you did read Jane Eyre? I did, as a yeah, as a kid. Okay, so you want to? Re- wanna... I'm down to reread it. Okay. Because all I remember is there. W- it's a little spooky and um the weather reflects her inner feelings oh i kind of like that that's literally all i got yep that's all i remember so i think was that worth a t-shirt you know thinking back on the design of the t-shirt uh yes oh okay what was the design of the t-shirt well, it was a small suburb suburb town and a smaller library, so sure. the budget was about five dollars, <laughs> and it was probably something that was like summer, like reading in the sun, and then there was a sun with sunglasses and like holding a book. Yeah, that, 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 and they that would have the year like two thousand two thousand four or whatever. Yeah, that's, wasn't that's pretty righteous, Moon Doggy. And like, I think my mom saved him. So, uh, oh, uh, if I'm ever back in America, I'll dig him up. Okay, um, I guess we'll I'll sell, hold you we'll to sell that. On, we'll sell them on our uh, merch website that we'll set up if, someday. If there is a post-COVID nineteen America, I'll hold you to that. Oh, good point about Jane Eyre. It's free, right? Oh, it should be. Like, I don't want to pay for a book. I've never paid for a book ever. That's not true, but I'm... Oh, man, we all went to college. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anything else you have to tell the uh, the people at home? Uh, thanks for listening. I'll, 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 I'll sign that one, too. I'll agree with that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, uh, feel free to suggest some uh, stories of people looks like we're branching out of biographies now looks like we're just doing whatever so 
Look, this is our library. We can put whatever we want on there. So far, we have two books on the bookshelf. (laughs) I was going to say, we're expanding our library to include three books now. Oh, Um, yeah. So... If you've got any more suggestions, feel free to give them to us so that we can narrow down our search and not do your suggestion. Do you remember what our email address is? We have an email address? Oh, yeah, we totally do have an email address. Oh, you know, half the people who are listening to this know us personally anyway, so just uh, send me a message. Yeah, send, uh, send us a link online to uh, whatever you want us. I'll take a fanfiction.net, AO3, whatever you got. Ooh, I would love to read some AO3. Okay, we'll, we'll read Jane Eyre. And then we'll move uh-huh. into the uh, the AO3. <laughs> We've got a slippery slope down. <laughs> Is lemon still a terminology people use? I read fan no. fiction back in the no. Okay, the turn of the millennium. No, you're 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 behind. Okay, I'll I'll catch up one day. So uh, so send us a message at uh, band also library, <laughs> and we'll get back to you and not read your suggestion probably. Yeah, I I don't ever look at that email address. That's a that's a I have not own. logged in even once. So actually, that's a great place. To, that's a great place to put suggestions. Or just uh, like if you're like trying to get in a website and they ask for your email address, just pop that one in. <laughs> Go ahead. Just <laughs> not gonna make a difference. Any 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 uh, password change, uh, we'll just go ahead and press uh, accept and uh, <laughs> just keep those going for you. So send them on in. Logged in in Morocco, I guess. <laughs> It just sounds good to me. I have a VPN, whatever. <laughs> All right. I don't even know where Morocco and is. Okay. But, uh, we're Morocco's in it. Okay. <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll see you next time. On Blades and Gordy's Library. <laughs> Blades and Gordy.